Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're here to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Hello. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) Hooray. Welcome back to Animorphs Anonymous, the bi-monthly Animorphs podcast that we did not have a name for for the first couple of episodes and now Hence, we named it yes yay Hence that amazing intro you just heard that Hence. we will edit in <laughs> well we're not gonna edit in for this episode are we uh i don't know you can play with time in podcasts anything could happen anything can. it's it's magic anything can happen anything uh, all right well anyways welcome back to Animorphs Anonymous, our bi-monthly Animorphs podcast. We're going to talk about, you guessed it, Animorphs. No. And also, we're going to spiral off on tangents about animals, most likely, because we're both really into that. A hundred percent we're going to do that. Um, If I may have our first order of business, I would like to bring up another uh, awesome battle morph that I thought of. In the past couple of weeks between episodes. Let's do it. So, we are both Harry Potter fans. Of course. Would you say, Alex? Yes. A hundred thousand percent, yes. Yes. Alex is a Ravenclaw, and I am a Hufflepuff. And (laughs) I thought a honey badger would be a kick-ass battle morph. Because honey badgers, if you haven't seen that amazing video, can fucking withstand snake venom, and they fight lions, and they can get stung by thousands of bees and be fine. Like, they're kind of tanks, and it's amazing. That Yeah, and did you see the video I sent you of um, that mongoose the other day that was fighting lions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what made me think of it. That's what made me think of it. Cause yeah. Tuffle, tuffle babies. Huffle babies? Huffle babies. Anyway, that is something I needed to bring up. Another awesome battle morph idea for y'all. I'm glad you brought it up because i've just been thinking more and more about battle morphs and uh i just don't i still don't have anything fantastic but i thought a funny one would be those uh asian deers that have teeth the vampire teeth oh the 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 dick dicks or whatever yeah that it would be hilarious to be one of those because like you know you bring it to like north america and everybody's like oh it's a cute little deer and then you like shred them (laughs) so (laughs) Once again, <laughs> with the weird morphs. They do have vampire teeth. They do. Tiny little vampire teeth. I thought it'd be cool. That That is very cool. I'm still infatuated with the moose. I liked the moose battle the moose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good one. You could hoist a hork into your giant antlers and throw him. You could. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Yes. Crush it with your face. I feel like I have to, like, turn my face away from the mic when I breathe, a la Chocolate Rain. (laughs) Oh, God. 
Now I'm going to think of that every time I breathe. Good. Because oh, I don't know. going to pass out now before the end of this podcast. Oh, no. That would be you terrible. Would die. Especially me, because I never stop talking. Ah. Oh, my God. Well, I'll bring us to our second order of business, cool. um, which is in all caps at the top of my notes for this this week, I have talk about Matt's Tesla friend. What? Yeah, I because I think we wrote this down at some point in, like, the airport, maybe? And uh, my first order of business here just says talk about Matt's Tesla friend, and I have no clue how that factors into this podcast. So that makes me remember I told you about Matt's friend who borrowed a Tesla X, Model X, from work, and... Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember the context. Okay, okay. So, um... So, in the in the Animorphs TV show episode where X, um encounters the taxi cab and he's oh yeah 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 okay tell Um, me a story okay so in in the animorphs tv show axe is wandering around trying to appear human and a taxi cab drives up to him and the driver says like okay where do you want to go like get in my cab and axe like kind of stands there confusedly looking at the door and the cab driver's like what's wrong and axe goes i'm waiting for the airlock to open and (laughs) the uh the story here is that my uh, my uh, live-in boyfriend uh, has a friend who borrowed a Model X Tesla from his work, and Matt had a very similar situation trying to open the doors on that thing because I, th- <laughs> I believe they're gull doors, like they they go upwards instead of sideways. So yeah, I I, I just had a, I pictured Matt yeah. being like. Why won't this door open? Why won't the airlock open? <laughs> oh, man. And then the guy, like, just turning around and being like, well, I'm sure not going to let you in. Lift it up the handle and pull. Ugh. Yeah, I like it. I was actually anyway, very related. A... Yeah, I, yeah. It was a good note it's to fun have. little anecdote. That was a good fun little note. anecdote. <laughs> fun little anam- anamorphs No. The... No, that's nothing. An... <laughs> Well, it's still an antidote. It doesn't change. But we can put the font up front if you want. <laughs> oh my god, it's going <laughs> We're making bad jokes. We should stop. Yeah. All right. Sh- well, do you Shall want- we talk about... Sorry. No, I, I have something I wanted to talk about. So I'm glad that you started that with, do you want to talk about? And I'm going to just hijack this and talk about what I want to. Do it. Which was book three, as you said back in um, podcast number one, was the first book you read. What the yes. hell made you want to come back and read more of the series? <laughs> oh, oh my god, I don't know. Book three is like <laughs> book three is like the most emotionally intense piece of shit I've ever read. Like, it's not a piece of shit, but. Um. <laughs> This is the worst piece of shit I ever read. No, I couldn't I, I, stop. <laughs> I was just I was just swearing casually. Um yeah, book 3. I forgot how utterly terribly oh my god. I can't even use words right now. It's, it's so it's, sad. It's so sad. It's the saddest thing. It's probably one of I mean it's emotionally wrenching. And you were just like, this was the first, your introduction to the series, the first book you read, and you're like, you know what? Yes. It's pretty legit. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, 
I maybe maybe that's why I never kind of revisited the books as a, as as a child. You know, I, oh, I yeah. mentioned that I started reading them in college. Um, so I yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, it all it all kind of came back to me while I was reading the third book. I was kind of like, oh yeah, I remember they did this thing now. You're like, I remember why I was so sad now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I liked it when they were wolves, so maybe that. Oh, that's true. That held my interest. That could, that could have drawn you back in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I the whole time yeah. reading this book, I was just like, "Wow, this is this was your introduction to this." Mm-hmm. Oh dear God, you poor child. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, maybe that's why I never bothered reading the other books because i was like well this is clearly like not the happiest thing i've ever seen (laughs) it's not even the second happiest thing i've ever seen nope oh man well now that we've said that do you want me to start going through what happens in this book hell yeah let's let's do the plot let's dive right in i took a lot more notes this time uh so i will interject occasionally with things oh please interject all the time i cool. have so many pages of notes perfect yeah it's bad i need to cut this down. is a tobias book right this is a tobias book this is one of our our rare tobias books because um tobias and and axe start switching off and mm-hmm. once we uh get further into the series so they have both have way less books than everybody else, and the next device book we get is going to be in the teens already. So we'll have moved along pretty far before we get to see Tobias's perspective again. So yes, this is our exciting intro, and I could see why. Maybe she wanted to like you know curtail that a little bit after yeah. this book. <laughs> Just probably Cause... like, oh, I'm sad now. Because as Cassie says at one point, Tobias is never happy. Yeah, oh, like, <laughs> I got so mad at that. I I oh have complaints. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's well, that's that, that's, that's next, next book. <laughs> but I have complaints. <laughs> okay, I want you to know I will be logging them in non chronological order. All right. Well, um, so this book opens with an idiotic mission with Tobias and Rachel going to free a hawk that's in a cage. At a car yes. dealership, at Deal and Dan's car dealership, and he has Price Cut Polly, the red-tailed hawk that is not a parrot. So, why they named her Polly, I don't know. So, um, I... the first thing that happens is Tobias sees him undoing the lock and throwing food in the cage right before filming a live commercial. I'm going to list all my grievances with this. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So, um... Obviously, I already mentioned the one about it's not a parrot, it's a hawk, so Price Cut Polly makes no sense. Um, Also, it is a federal offense to keep a red-tailed hawk without a permit, so putting it in a small cage and not having the proper areas for it. He's not a falconer from what we've heard in this book, or a rehabber. And also, why would you feed it right before filming something? Because as we know, hawks eat mice, quail, small rodents, that, that sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. why would you want to film that in your commercial? And also, lastly, there is no such thing as a live commercial. I literally also wrote that. (laughs) I'm glad because I had so many problems with it. (laughs) Yeah, I... 
uh, I called I called super bullshit on that. I'm like, there's if this is truly a commercial, like it could be like a TV spot, like they like if they were recording the news and the news cut yeah. to the cameraman on site there. But like, why would they do that? I don't like. There's, there's no no need because if he like messed it up, like why why wouldn't you just film a regular commercial? Yeah. So. The, yeah, I called bullshit on that for sure. I called um, bullshit on this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> just from start to finish. I mean, they could have just called the police and the guy would have been in jail for like, for a couple of years or minimum had to pay a $200,000 fine for keeping a protected species in captivity with no permit. Hmm. And they, yeah, and I mean, some people, like in Hollywood, they like rent like specific animals for like movies and such, but mm-hmm. this is you know, a one-off car dealership, there's no way he would do that, so. Yeah, and that and yeah. that leads into my next problem for this, where um, after this whole situation goes down that we'll recap in a minute, Rachel says something about, like, how thousands of people could see a live commercial, and I'm like, Rachel, he's not paying that much to distribute this commercial. This will not be going to thousands of people. Like, maybe your local station. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So that those were all of my problems with this situation. <laughs> I completely concur. Like, <laughs> oh man. And it's also It's a book for children. It is a book for children. It's also my PSA about keeping raptors in cages. Don't yes. take them from the wild. You'll go to jail. You'll pay lots of money. It's a bad bad move. Yes. All right, well, delving back into the actual book instead of just my list of problems with the book. <laughs> What happens is uh, that they're they're keeping Price Cut Polly in this cage, and they're going to film this live commercial, and Tobias and Rachel hatch this cockamimi scheme to go into this car dealership and free the bird, which includes Rachel morphing into an elephant and stomping convertibles, (laughs) (laughs) which was hilarious. uh, Not conspicuous at all. Not conspicuous at all. It's super undercover work that they're doing here. Yes. So while they're doing that... Tobias also completely inconspicuously goes and uses his beak to punch in the the lock combo to free the hawk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which sounds really difficult. I do not think that would work, especially the double turn at the, for the third letter or the third number combination. Yeah. Yeah. I, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I had a question, um, kind of unrelated, but, um, while Tobias is doing this, like, the, the car dealership guy is going, like, guys, you gotta get that hawk out of there. Like, what are you doing? And the guys, of course, don't want to touch him because he's, it's a fucking red-tailed hawk. Yeah. It's supposedly wild. And one of them asks, um, like, oh, he's like, oh, it might have rabies. And I'm like, can birds nope. get rabies? They cannot. Okay. Birds cannot get rabies. There's something, like, there's something, like, ten diseases that are transferable between birds and people and most of those come from consuming the meat. So gotcha. um, you're really not at risk touching birds at all. I mean, fun fact: they have beaks and talons, which hurt, but like you're not going to contract really any diseases from it. The most risk you have is if you get footed or something like that, that you'll get bacteria in the wound. But that's yeah. not from the bird itself. Also, uh, let's debunk the myth right now that... Like, they say don't pick up, like, baby animals and, like, put them back in the nest because the mother can smell the human on them. That is not true for 
most birds because most birds do not have a sense of smell. Yes. Yeah, completely false. And even the ones that have a sense of smell will not reject the babies from putting them back in the nest. So if the nest is visible, the mother's taking care of the other ones. Um, I mean, we could go into a whole other thing about being able to identify nestlings versus fledglings. But if it's if the nest is there and they're young and unfeathered, then you can put them back in the nest with no negative effects whatsoever. PSA. <laughs> right. The more you know. The more you know. So. We, t- we talk about fun animal facts on this show, in addition so to many, animorphs. So many animal Yay. facts. <laughs> Yay. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, leaving our PSA land and going back to book land. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, so Rachel is stomping cars as an elephant, mm-hmm. and everyone is presumably freaking out. Probably. They're probably a little concerned. Like, but insurance would cover that, right? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, so, like, it's an act of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God sent the, the plagues of elephants. <laughs> the plagues. <laughs> Thousands of elephants came through the car dealership <laughs> crushing the cars. <laughs> elephants wearing blonde wigs. Oh, I had a question. Um, so... They make a point to mention um, that Rachel was late mm-hmm. in in this cockamamie scheme because the bus was late. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't she just like morph her eagle morph fly over and then morph elephant? Was that was that a stamina thing at that point? Because they couldn't. Yeah, they're they hadn't still been not, able to double morph yet. Yeah, they're still not great at double morphing. And there's also a lot of times in these early books where like it just hasn't occurred to them yet, like. Every sure. time they go to the gardens and they're like, God damn it, Marco, why don't you have enough money to buy a ticket? It's like, dude, <laughs> like, figure it out. Fly in. You don't have to do this. But, you know, yeah. I then they kind of, they do figure it out later on. But it's pretty funny in these first books when you're like, okay, you're still paying for tickets. Like, you're single-handedly keeping the gardens in business with how many times you have to visit them. <laughs> right. Uh, and then they just, oh, well. We'll get to that. But, yeah, they keep yes. having to pay for things and, like, take buses. They take buses a lot in these early books, and I don't know if it's just a point to mention how they do their homework on the bus because they're all very socially responsible still as people at this point. Sure. So maybe that's I it. Also, I also kind of picture them as living in, like, a small, like, suburban town. Mm-hmm. And usually in suburban towns, the public transportation system options really kind of suck. So I'm kind of surprised they can actually take buses everywhere. Well, yeah, and that's, like, not an option for Cassie because no bus is going to go to the barn and get her other than the school bus. Like, because she's on the outskirts of town. And, like, Jake's in the middle of suburbia. Rachel would be, too. Marco used to be, but now he lives in the shady area of town, so they'd probably have decent public transportation. Um, But Marco would be the only one. And then Tobias is always a bird, so he has great transportation. (laughs) Right. And a carbon footprint of zero. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that that would make sense why Rachel would be bad at buses. I, too, am bad at buses, and I, we had to do buses for a few years. I'm still bad at them. Still have no clue how to take them. Uh, it's okay. They're, they you. can be very complicated. Thank you for forgiving me for my I, I do. lack of skill. Uh, okay so what they end up doing here is rachel's late 
Tobias is already, like, dive-bombing, going in to set the hawk free. Rachel's stomping the cars, and uh, they do end up succeeding in letting this hawk go free. Yay! Yay, social justice people. Yay, free the birds! Free Um, the birds! And then Tobias, at this point, kind of has his first kind of fleeting moment of, maybe I should be with that hawk. Maybe I should fly away with her. And he kind of goes, whoa, like, what was that? That was weird. That was a weird fleeting sensation I just had. Yeah. It was. It was pretty weird. And then he's like, oh, wait, just kidding. No, gotta go watch my my not-girlfriend, girlfriend girlfriend demorph from elephant. Like, (laughs) whoa, that's a super weird situation. I just realized, like, it doesn't hit me until I start saying things out loud, but, like, Oh no, do I go with the hawk who I have hawk feelings for, or do I go back to my oh, yeah. girlfriend who's demorphing from an elephant? <laughs> oh, the choices that you have to make in middle school. I remember it was hard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god. Ay, ay, ay. So, after that whole shenanigan went down, um, they do end up going back to the barn where they, they get lots of shit from Jake. Because it was pretty irresponsible of them. Yeah, that was reckless and pretty pretty dumb, not gonna lie. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's just not, it's not good. <laughs> ay yeah, yeah. And while he's flying back there, um, that's also when Tobias sees the ripple in the sky for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty exciting. He's, like, flying around, like, looking, like, through skyscrapers, which also, how, where are these skyscrapers in this small town? What town is this? Where do they live? Why would skyscrapers where? be on the way to the barn? That doesn't oh make sense. Where do they live? What city? Who set this up? Who set this town up? I, like, yeah, like, I, I was so under the impression that they lived in, like, a small kind of coastal town or or suburb or, or something yeah unless unless i'm gonna make my first guess as to where they are and my first guess was in the seattle area so maybe they live in a coastal town and he just kind of flew over to seattle proper and was looking at shit i don't know <laughs> he flew into seattle proper <laughs> I, 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 I don't know <laughs> i just love that he's like taking a side trip <laughs> i'm going to seattle let me go to starbucks Oh god. Well, um, I'm neither going to confirm nor deny your guess. I don't know. That's that's just my first kind of guess um based on all of the geographical indicators of mountains and ocean and forests and all that shit. And so. skyscrapers and suburbs and public <laughs> yeah. transport. Actually, yeah. you know what? I was um just weird side story note at Thanksgiving I was um just talking to uh my my live-in boyfriend's cousin who is moving to Seattle because she just got a job as a um transport planner in Seattle and they apparently have one of the best public transport systems in the U.S. That sounds awesome. Yeah so so maybe that explains the bus scenario although it's not the 90s so I don't know what their like public transport was like in the 90s but that's actually interesting because Seattle is basically a series of islands. So, like, for getting your car from one island to another, you either have to drive over a bridge or take a ferry. Ooh, yeah. So I, I, I guess I wouldn't think that they would have a great public transit system. 
Maybe she was just saying that. that because that's her job now, and she was trying to fool oh. me into thinking she was really good at her job, even though she hasn't worked there yet. Right. So. Like, I, you know, of, of all the cities I've been to, you can't really beat New York and its subway system. Oh, like, yeah. You can get wherever you want to go instantaneously, <laughs> like, pretty much. Yeah, um, like, when we were watching the Grand Tour and, like, they were racing Clarkson through the subway system in New York, I was like, psh, they're oh, gonna dude, win. I wanna t- <laughs> yeah. By the way, I want to talk to you about the Grand Tour at some point. All right, that'll um, that'll be the end of the Animorphs podcast, the Grand Tour Corner. Animorphs <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anonymous, we talk about the Grand Tour. Welcome to our podcast. Yay! Our bi-monthly podcast about Top Gear. Oh wait, Grand Tour. It's basically Top Gear, let's not even go lie. It's, it is basically Top Gear. Anyway, uh, anyways. anyways, back to book number three, Ooh. the encounter. Um, yes, <laughs> we are we are informal as fuck, audience. We we are. And this you, is what you signed up for. This is <laughs> this is what you volunteered for. To listen to us talk about <laughs> anything but animorphs, but starting from animorphs. Great. Oh dear God. Anyways, <laughs> so, to so they're back at. They're back at the barn, right? Yeah, they're back at the barn. Yeah, it kind of um, switches back and forth at first, because Tobias just keeps going back and forth between, like, the barn, the meadow, the Jake's house. Uh, yeah. He's got time to kill. Um, mm-hmm. So Marco is yelling at them, yelling, like, are you insane? Like, why would you do that? You're an idiot. Um, and Tobias actually makes a note in his narration where he says he and Marco were, will never be close, which I thought was really interesting. Um Uh It's kind of an interesting thing to say in, like, you know, one of the earlier books. It's like, okay, does Tobias actively dislike Marco on some level? Like, Marco says some, you know, pretty insensitive things to Tobias in previous books, Mm -hmm. but, like, I I just thought that, like, we don't really know what their relationship is up until now, and just to hear Tobias kind of say that is kind of like, huh, interesting. Yeah, and, and like, in the first book, we get a little glimpse of it when uh, Tobias is kind of hanging out with um, Jake and Marco, and he's kind of, like, third-wheeling it with them at the mall. So, like, first, first book, like, the first four pages, <laughs> they mention how um, Marco was kind of not super pumped that Tobias was there, so there's some tension, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's they've got to have a weird relationship, but with I don't want to talk about this <laughs> from my perspective because i want to say so much about like oh. how as they grow like these relationships that they set out now and start talking about now um they, it changes a lot because they go through so much shit that they right. they become close yeah but yeah no tell me more in arms. tell me more about what you um, thought about this yeah, no, I, I mean, that's that's basically it. I just, it was kind of just an early reading observation. Um, so I didn't know if it was, like, an active kind of dislike or it was because they, their personalities are so different. Um, so, I don't know. I Yeah, I think yes, that... We'll see. Yeah, and I think that was the point he was trying to make, was just that their personalities were so different because Marco's this, like, smart aleck kind of funny guy. I wrote the same thing down, too, actually, because I wanted to point it out, but... Um, he's like this smart Alec kind of guy and, and Tobias is just, you know, sensitive and quiet and they, they are at odds because, you know, Tobias is a hundred percent in this fight and he now has no other options. And Marco uh-huh. is still 
as they mentioned, on the outskirts of this. He still does not want to fight. He still wants to, you know, go home to his family and be there for his dad. So they're kind of mm-hmm. opposed in every way they can be at this point in time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting to hear him say it. And I also wrote down that I'm really excited to hear how Cassie describes Marco because it's we heard it from Jake, who, you know, it's his best friend. We, it was He was painted mm-hmm. in such a positive light. We heard it from Rachel, and we know that their relationship is constantly getting on each other's nerves and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of opposing. But, like, at the end of the day, they kind of fall on the same side along a lot of the time. And this is the first time we're hearing, like, Tobias, who's like, mm, no, Marco's not really, we're not cool. And then to hear it from Cassie, too, who not only has that, like, she's really sensitive and she's really in tune with, you know, like nature and her surroundings. And Marco's like in tune with technology and video games and wants nothing to do. with it. Like, they're so opposed. And Cassie's kind of, you know, she's got a crush on Jake, which always adds an awkward tension to that kind of best friend relationship. Or not always, but a mm-hmm. lot of the times we'll bring that awkward element into it. So I always yeah. said I was interested to hear what Cassie had to say. <laughs> So that's my feelings on that. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wrote that down too to talk about it. Um, nice. Yeah. And then Cassie is saying she has to go back to the rehab clinic. And that's when Marco makes a joke about not saying cage around Tobias because of his prior incident. <laughs> Earlier in the day incident, freeing the hawk. So right. it was just kind of like one of those things where like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny that he's like marco and i will never really get along and marco's like oh don't say cage around tobias he'll go bad shit on you so i kind of see it i see why he doesn't like him uh and then i also wanted to point out that jake told tobias he was going to put food in the attic for him in a tupperware and we will be revisiting this later because i once again have complaints yes (laughs) all right so the next day um tobias goes scouting again which is basically his main thing that he does at this point he's kind of appointed himself this job of being a scout because he can't be part of do anything else right he can't do anything else and he's not like he's really feeling at this point that he is not a part of the team because he can't morph and he can't help out in the fights so he's doing stupid stuff risky stuff or whatever he can think of to try and make up for that so he goes scouting He's going to find that ripple. He's apparently thinking it's going to come through at the same time during the day. And then he kind of like waxes a little poetic about turkey vultures, which I was, I wrote that down because I <laughs> friggin love turkey vultures so much. So I appreciated that. And he's talking about how he's good they like, are riding thermals. Yeah. He's got like flight envy. Oh, he and he should. I mean, <laughs> turkey vultures are they have some issues, like, you know, they can't, they don't really fly in the early morning because they really do require the thermals to fly, but, mm-hmm. oh, man, you want to talk about conserving energy, that's the way to go. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> so, Tobias goes on about turkey vultures, and they start talking about his home life and how terrible it was, um, and he doesn't really want to dwell on it, but he does give the basic, like, oh, I was shuffled back and forth between my aunt and my uncle, they don't really give a crap about me and when i first got stuck in the body of a hawk they basically just pulled like the sleepover trick of they called the each caretaker and said i'm at the other one's house yeah so it's kind of sad well it's very sad this entire book is very sad i know i know but especially because i don't know 
Like he's now he's now permanently a hawk, and he can't. Like he, basically, no one's gonna miss him. Yeah, is what it comes down to. So that that kind of adds a lot onto his onto his plate there it, emotionally. Yeah, it. I mean, it does. And and the other part of this too is that he's got almost nothing tying him to his humanity, which is yeah something he struggles with a lot now. So. The only thing he and has that's basically his whole arc in the book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a huge part of it. It's yeah, I agree with that. That is pretty much his his arc for these series, or it's at least something he struggles with for the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after telling us he had a horrible home life and he was shuffled around, uh, the ripple comes back. So let's go on a fantastic, fun chase of this ripple where. Uh, He's flying as fast as he can, and he can't keep up, but he sees it in front of him, and as he's, you know, going for it, he sees this flock of, beast, of geese, this formation of geese coming straight at the thing, and they just crumple around this ripple and, like, roll yeah. off the back of it, and oh my god. Oh my god. god. It's so sad. I felt so bad for those geese. Me too. And, like, they geese are sturdy, man. They bring down airplanes. Uh, yeah. And it was just sad. So, like, now he's like, oh, his abuse is a child. Oh, look, the ship's back. Oh, all well, the geese are dying. The ship's back. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the geese were basically to just be, like, a visual indicator of, like, what the thing was and how big it was. Yeah, and to um, see their deceased bodies, crumpled bodies, rolling over the top of it. <laughs> to say it is this long. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, that is 30 goose lengths long. <laughs> this is not a good book for people who are particularly sensitive to animal death in fiction. Um, yeah. So, just I, a heads up, audience. <laughs> heads up! This is a really depressing book. Yeah. And again, from many, like. Many perspective. Yeah. And you read this as your first intro as a child. Yeah. Well, that's sad. The other books seem tame compared to this one. <laughs> I would not go that far. <laughs> so far, so far. So far, yeah, this is... I'm sure I'm sure that will change. It, yeah. Although then again, in the first book, I mean, Elfanger got shredded by... Never mind. It, we know. Yeah. It's bad. It's all bad. Yay. All right. Yay! <laughs> all right, so the kids go and meet at the rehab clinic um, because they want to discuss this ripple, which they figured out is a ship because of the geese. Um, and so they know it was headed, or they at least think it was headed towards the mountain. So they're like, well, it's on the straight line. That's where the trajectory is. We're pretty sure it's there. Why are they going there? And then it just turns into the fight again of, uh, Cassie being like, what, what are we doing this? Why, you know, why is this happening? And Marco's like, that's what I'm saying. Let's not fight. And then Cassie's like, oh, but we do have to do this for Mother Earth. So... <laughs> <laughs> so so that's fun. But, you know, Marco has, again, his struggle about... Not wanting to... Not wanting to do this. And, yeah. you know, he, he really kind of... He's really kind of a dick. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's... Maybe this is just a note for me to keep in mind or for us to keep in mind. Is he more of a dick in Tobias books than any other books? Because <laughs> he just seems like more of a dick in these books. Maybe because it's from Tobias's perspective. I don't know. 
It, I mean, maybe. That could absolutely be it. But I'm going to keep that in mind, the next Tobias book, because he really is a freaking dick in this book. <laughs> <laughs> so he has the outburst about not sticking your neck out for strangers, and he's like, Tom's gone. Too bad. So sad. What of it? And it's like, wow, Tom, or wow, Marco, you're really a dick. And um, Rachel just kind of blows up at him and says, yeah. like, you're being a dick. <laughs> Rachel has the same reaction I just had. My bad. And, you are uh, Rachel. I, I am. My rage is Rachel. You'll, you'll see as the series goes on, my rage is really in line with Rachel. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm trying. Anyway, so she explodes at him. She's like, if you're out, you're out. Leave. And um, Marco's like, she he basically just accuses her of getting off on the danger. And uh, Oh, yeah, I wrote that, too. Yeah. Like, first of all, like, that's kind of a thing for a 12 year old to say like that somebody's like getting off on on danger or something or just Mm -hmm. like geez um and also it was just very like like i i i had that thought about rachel kind of early on especially in her book like when she was the cat that she's like oh yeah i really like you know running into dangerous situations because it makes me feel powerful or whatever but I also kind of feel like that's not really correct, too. Because, like, Rachel does get scared, but I think her bravery is what keeps her going, maybe. Yeah, and she she says that it's not that she isn't scared, it's that she's scared and she does what she has to do anyways. Like, she's not, she's kind of a thrill seeker, but she's not suicidal, you know? Right. She has a healthy dose of fear. She just pushes it down and ignores it. Right. Yeah, so this this whole argument is... I mean, it keeps happening, but it was it really flared up in this book. And it really... Especially after reading, you know, the, the fourth book, which is from the Cassie perspective, it just really seems like Marco's such a huge dick in this one. And, yeah. I, like, more so than I remember him being in the Jake book, and it kind of ramped up a little bit in the Rachel book. But it was, again, in situations where it's between him and Tobias, and she's kind of, like, it, the reason it's in the Rachel books is because she's defending Tobias. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do wonder if there's some sort of, like, bias perspective, depending on what book it is. I know? think there is. Like, I, I don't have, like solid citations that I can point you towards but like when I read the books I really do get the honest feeling that I'm reading something from a different person's perspective and narrative mm-hmm. so I like that <laughs> it's one of the things that I really like enjoy about the books and I don't know like it it's one of those things where like is it an asset or a detriment because if you really like one character's perspective, you might just want to wait for those books, and the other ones are like, yeah, 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 keep going. But I, yeah. I like every single one. Like, I really do. Like, each each person brings a different something to the story. Yeah. Marco's a dick. <laughs> and Tobias has a really good comeback to this, and Tobias is like, I'm the only one so far that's been hurt, and I'm not going to stop fighting. And, uh... That led me to a thought that I want to express now, which is that Cassie's the one who's always pegged as the one who brings down the tensions between people, but Tobias is actually a really good mediator, and he never, he, he kind of 
makes a good argument for things and goes between people and says the right things. And he never does it with the manipulation that Cassie sometimes has. So okay. I just wanted to, to point that out. I think Tobias is really good at that too. And I, it's not part of his like narrative in each of the books. Like it's not part of his character description and each open, mm-hmm. but I think he's pretty good at that. Well, and he's got a really dry sense of humor. So mm-hmm. like I, I've seen him very much um, kind of just like cracking a joke to kind of like dissolve the tension, but not in like a way that Marco would crack a joke, mm-hmm. but it's still like successfully kind of like puts everyone at ease. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And he does end up using that a lot in, in these books where he's trying to come to terms with himself. Like he cracks a lot of self-depreciating jokes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Poor guy. This is just making me sad talking about it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, on a happier note, they decide to go to the mountains the next day after school because they're like, we can't all keep skipping school and we can't just keep skipping school together because people are going to figure that out. Right. And it's like, it's. I really like this. This is like their first, we're thinking of security kind of moment. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we can't give ourselves away. Um, so, they decide to do this by morphing into wolves, which Cassie had at her barn. Yes. Um, yes, they did. Which she makes a, or somebody makes a point of mentioning that wolves are new to the area, and I totally meant to look that up, but mm-hmm. I forgot, because I think that would be, if that was historically accurate, then that could be another indicator of where they are. Yeah. I, I don't know how accurate it is, though, because... Like, I mean, it said so in the book, but at the same time, like, the forest is really close to a city, and I can't think of a place where they've recently released wolves that's, like, right butting up a major city. Right. But yeah, that's a a good clue. I don't know. Uh, yeah again if that were if it were an accurate fact like if they introduced wolves into the you know mount rainier park at any point in the 90s but i don't know if that's the case it might just be convenient for story purposes anyway and it can always be like one of those accidental like somebody had a zoo in their backyard and all the animals got loose (laughs) (laughs) oh jeez. So anyways, yeah. they, they decide to do this as wolves, um, and my note here, I, I can see where we diverged mentally, because you were like, let's talk about how cool these wolves are, and I was like, Tobias calls out how awesome bird watchers are, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we went two very different directions here. Jeez. So, yeah. And then I, uh, Tobias makes a very good point, because if I saw, like, a, a northern hair, or hair, oh my goodness, osprey northern harrier where did i pull that from i don't believe that's in this book at all anyways uh-huh. an osprey an eagle a hawk and a peregrine falcon like if i saw all of those within the same hour i wrote that i would burn this place to the ground <laughs> <laughs> what's going on it's a conspiracy it's a conspiracy but yeah so um, they, they go into the forest to morph wolves and do you want which... to talk about the wolves I wrote down, I was so annoyed because 
it was mentioned that I think Cassie's morphing first because she always does. And yeah. in the description of the morph, it's described as her knees change direction. And that is not accurate. I'm sorry, I just yelled. <laughs> it's not accurate at all. That is not accurate at all. Wolves' knees are not in the pointy part. That is their heel. And their knee is up kind of in the rounded area of their back legs. Anyway, it just, it, it upset me. Actually, and, now that you say that, did she say that about the horse morph too? Because they have the same situation going on there. I, I don't know. Oh. We'll have to check that. But actually, I and when I was rereading this and getting upset, I, I kind of remembered as a kid reading this book and kind of going like, is that, I thought, is that true? No, probably not. <laughs> And kind of, like, calling bullshit on it when I first read this book. Um, Anyway. I love that. I love that so much. I was super annoyed about that. Because, like, there's such a point in these books to make animals, like, factually correct. Mm -hmm. But then, like, little slip-ups like that are, like, really annoying to me. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Well, it's almost like she set the standard so high that when she misses it, we're like, what the hell? (laughs) How could you (laughs) betray our trust? trusted you (laughs) i thought that a shrew's brain really was like this and now i'm doubting it oh my god i mean not to be like you know a a well actually kind of like fuckboy response (laughs) like i'm not trying to like mansplain animorphs here (laughs) but like (laughs) damn it now we i have a new podcast name it should be casey and alex mansplain the animorphs (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have to be the TV show series that we do. Another podcast, new podcast, new podcast. (laughs) We'll announce it when we have it up. (laughs) Oh god! Anyway, Um. anyways, the other part that I wanted to point out here is that when she's morphing, she has a pink and green leotard. Which is the most 90s thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, totally. It's I love it so much. Uh-huh. I, I had those pink and green, like, gloves for, like, skateboarding with, like, the, the wrist Oh yeah. Piece, and I was, like, imagining this outfit, but just completed for my entire body. And I was like, yes, I would yeah, wear my, that. My mom had, like, the, the neoprene kind of pink and green jacket thing. So yeah, it was, like, it was Oh yeah! Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I, my parents had that jacket too. My mom, I, I think everyone had that jacket. Everyone in the 90s. had to have had that jacket. It's oh. iconic, oh my <laughs> and it God. was probably like 25 bucks because it was nothing but a shell. Like there was nothing to it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was very oh. loud too. Yeah, yeah, it made whooshing noises whenever you moved. Yeah. It would God. be, <laughs> and I can hear it so clearly. It would I know. have been terrible to wear for morphing because, like, you'd be like, "We're running away from the Yorks." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, she she had just had the leotard, not the jacket, I think, or she yeah. had the jacket. She took it off. So, so it only made tiny whooshing noises. <laughs> A little whooshing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. God. Oh my God. So right. anyway, they morph. They morph wolves. <laughs> um, morph wolves. And Tobias, like, realizes he's a little bit jealous because everyone's like, whoa, this is so cool. I can see everything. I can smell everything. I can hear everything. It's great. And then Tobias is actually kind of jealous of this. Um, 
and gets kind of like a moment of being bitter about being stuck as a hawk, which is like Fair. in the beginning he was like all I want to be is a hawk. So yeah. I, I, that was kind of an interesting moment, I thought. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, we see this struggle a lot, and I think he's kind of regretting yeah. it. He's really regretting, <laughs> regretting that this happened. Yep. But you know. And then uh, they, he also makes mention that their journey is really slow because Jake keeps peeing on everything. Right, because Jake decided to morph the alpha wolf, and so he has to mark his territory oh, everywhere. Oh, he won the he won the coin toss with Marco, remember? Right, right, right. Yeah, they make a point of saying that there could only be one male alpha wolf in the pack or else they would fight. So Marco had to morph into uh, the female wolf because they flipped true? the coin. I thought they could um, have... It... It depends, because, like, the ideal wolf pack, I think, is to have the, the mating alpha male and female, mm-hmm. and then any other males in the pack are ideally their offspring, but you can have more than one male in the pack. Yeah. But I th- I think in this situation, since it's since they only had two wolves to, to choose from, yeah. like, maybe the same male wolf, what, they both would have been alphas. Uh-huh. But, I, you know, they probably could have, like, fought it out a little bit and went and worked it out a hierarchy. So, I I don't know. I think it was just an excuse to make Marco a female wolf <laughs> and to have him complain loudly about it. Well, I appreciated that, at least. Which, I don't know why, like, you know, female wolves are, you know, just as tough as male wolves. They just don't generally weigh as much. Yeah. God, Marco, and feminism! Pee on everything. Yeah, th- yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. And uh, then they start howling like idiots, too. Yes, yes. And Tobias is like, you guys are idiots. Yeah, he's he basically, at this point, he's like, never mind, I like being a hawk because you're all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has this really sad moment, too, after that, where he goes, should I ask him about being wolves? No, that would be stupid. Why don't I just ask him about what it's like to be a human, then, too? It's like, Aww. oh. Baby, it's okay. <laughs> it's... It's okay, we'll tell you all what it, about what it's like to be human. We're blind and stupid and we fall down a lot. Yep. So it's terrible. We make terrible life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Constantly terrible life decisions. Yep. Um, so they run to... Wait, 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 wait. I think at some point Tobias was like, you know what, I'm sick of these fools. Like, I'm just gonna fly ahead and scout. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, so he flies to, where does he fly to? Like a lake area, and he yeah. finds the ship. And he, er, no, 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 no. I, sorry, I'm misremembering. I think he, see, <laughs> he sees a bunch of like guys carrying like M16s, like driving to a certain location. Mm-hmm. He sees the which park is, rangers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they like, they like come across a, a couple that are camping, and they like escort them out of there. Because that's not, like, suspicious at all. Right. Um, <laughs> and does he see the ship at that point? Not quite yet. So um, they get the campers out of the way, and the helicopters surround the lake, and that's when the Horkfisher jump out of there. And I wrote, these are no rangers. <laughs> and then um, that's when he doubles back to warn them that there are Horkfisher at the lake ahead, and then he lands in the middle of a wolf pack, and they're not talking to him. And he's like, guys, there's Horkbizzer. Why are you not freaking out? And they're yep. just staring at him. And that's when he realizes, oh, this is the the wolf back that's really here. That really right. lives here. And, yeah. uh, and 
they almost eat him. They almost eat him. And uh, that's when he gets, he does get away from them, barely. And then uh, he flies over to the actual Animorphs, and he's like, is that you? And they're like, why are you asking us? Of course it's us. And he's like, don't even ask me about it. Um, and <laughs> even though that would have been pertinent information to know. It really would have been. He could have told them like, that. By the way, there's another wolf pack around. You might want to watch yourselves. Right. Which but- Cassie probably would have done if uh, if she had been in his situation. But anyway... Um, yeah, but Cassie's also, she, she'd be like, I'll tell Jake whatever he wants to know, and Tobias is more like, ugh, I'm not gonna bitch to them about how I almost got eaten, I don't want to be a pain in the ass again. So, <laughs> poor Tobias, oh my, oh my god. god. <sighs> so that's when they, um, they make it back towards the lake, and they see that the ship is there. And, uh, they don't have a ton of time left in Morph, but they decide they're just gonna go for it anyways, because they just need to see what's happening here. And the ship shows up, it decloaks, it looks like a giant manta ray. There's even bug fighters around, like, surrounding it. But it's just this huge freaking giant, like, whale of a ship that's humongous. And its only reason to be there is to suck up oxygen from the atmosphere and the giant scoops on the side of it. And then the water from the lake through this, like, suction tube on the bottom of it. Right. Also, how... Do the humans not notice this shit? Like, like we saw them escorting one camper couple out mm-hmm. of there, but like, and so I'm assuming they kind of like swarmed the entire area and like like made everybody leave. But mm-hmm. for fuck's sake, like, I don't. Sometimes like some of the things that they do, I'm like, how did no one notice that? And like, um, why can't they stay cloaked while they suck up the water from the lake? Yeah, unless it's they need to power down to, like, restore energy or something. I don't know. But, like, I, I, I feel like they're trying to take precautions, but they're still not being terribly careful. I don't know. Maybe, like, we just do not care. What are they going to yeah, do to us? because <laughs> so many of the people we control in this area. Right, maybe, and, it, and you know, maybe they're like, well, if somebody sees us, we'll just infest them. And who's going to believe people about, like, oh, there's this giant ship in the middle of the lake, and... It's sucking up all the water, and they're like, what are you, insane? Right. Well, yeah, that's a really good point. There's a lot of things going on. Although, you know what? The kids have the same thought we just did, too. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, (laughs) whoops. It's like, wow, that's a really big conspicuous thing. What if something were to happen where it was exposed to the entire area? If only they had thought of a plan like that. (laughs) <laughs> UFOs, flying saucers. You don't That's, believe in that, You don't believe do you? that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Well. If only, if only they had just gone to the sharing. If only they had. It's just a really fun, wholesome time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, the team decides to fall back because of the morphing time limits, and Tobias mm-hmm. kind of flies off and he sees uh the female hawk that they freed she's flying above him and, and he has his, his his second moment fleeting moment of wanting to join her he fell in love with the hawk basically he did he fell in love thomas is quoting a song is it i'm in love with a stripper yes but anyways stripper's fine i don't care if you're in love I'm with a stripper with a red tail. <laughs> I, that's the new song. We're gonna record we go. that. We're gonna record no. that. Release that. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. I'm in love with the red tail. 
cool. Um, yes. So, so he falls in love with the red tail. And he does, but then peels off and is like, "No, but my other lover, where is she? <laughs> my human lover. My human lover. Where where did she go? My human wolf lover." Yes. And, and at this point, good. I think they're they're having a standoff with the other wolf pack that they just ran into. Yes, and can I read you my note on this? Yes, please do. I wrote, the Animorph pack is locked in combat with the other wolves over a dead rabbit, exclamation point. So in order to save his friends, Tobias swoops in and grabs the rabbit because he's ballsy as fuck. Yeah, I was gonna ask, is, that's a lot of weight for a red tail, yeah? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Um, it's, not, generally... it's not like a great horned owl who can carry off a skunk. No, no, no. Generally, it would be only a large female that would take out um, a rabbit, and that would be pretty risky. It has to be a pretty large female. Although, I mean, it was already dead, so like the, it wasn't they necessarily have to worry about it, like struggling. And right. Failing. They they don't they're not at risk of being kicked. But also, there's a bunch of wolves around it, so the risk yeah. of not being kicked is kind of like my. He could fly with it. It would just be very very difficult, and he would not be able to get high. He wouldn't be able to go far. Right. So. Yeah, so that that's what happened. He took the rabbit to uh, break up the fight, and the Anapak runs off unscathed, and Tobias somehow gets out too. To be honest, I'm not quite sure that... I mean, depending on where the wolves were in the fight, I'm not sure that would be enough to stop the fight. Because um, I think, in my experience with dog fights... Um, you reach a certain point where they will fight to the death unless you like can physically get them apart. They they said that they were snarling at each other. Okay, so still. they hadn't yet made they, yeah they contact. hadn't made contact yet. They were just snarling over the the dead rabbit. Right. So would that would that be and yeah? Also, it's a um, yeah. I mean, a it depends too. Like it depends on things. Um, but yeah, at that point, it, it probably would have been feasible to break them up. But I just kind of pictured them, like, snarling, Tobias swooping in, the wolves kind of going, whoa, 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 whoa? <laughs> yeah, exactly what I pictured, too. And, like, Which the, the quick head, like, swoop yeah. as their head Kind of like the yeah. double take, yeah. The double take, like, what just happened? I mean, <laughs> it might work. We could run this experiment. We could get a pack I mean, of wolves. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that, like, they're, they're assumed to be fighting over the food, but they would also probably be fighting over territory. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, I, I'm not sure. Whatever. Like, they would chase them out of their territory, even if the, they were distracted for that moment and yeah. the animals took off, they would still chase them out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But they don't. It's all fine. It's all fine. I, it's not fine, actually, because now oh, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. his not. friends, <laughs> he's exhausted from flying, and his friends don't know how long they've been in Morph, so he flies off to find a clock, which he sees on uh, the dashboard of one of the trucks, and so he's like, oh, I'll just go check how they're doing on time, I know they're close, and he takes a look at the clock, and he realizes they are over the time limit, and they are now wolves forever, and this is the end of the series. And then Fluffer McKinney killed them all. <laughs> and then Fluffer McKinney <laughs> killed them all. The end. The end. Yay! Yay! Uh, just kidding. What happens yep, is so actually... much worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. This this scene was... Oh, man. That, this was hard to read. Oh, it was. And I I just have... 
I need to talk about it. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about it then. All right. Well, so he gets back and he realizes that the clock might have been off by maybe a few minutes or maybe the two hour time limit is a little flexible. They don't have the experience at this point to know kind of that, you know, it's two hours and three minutes, you know, like it, it, there's a little mm-hmm. wiggle room in there and it depends on how good you are at morphing. So Cassie starts demorphing. She's struggling, but she gets out of her morph in double the time that anybody else does. Mm-hmm. Everybody else um, is struggling out of their morph. They're having problems. And there's this moment where Marco's struggling. He's kind of partway out of the morph and he's stuck. And he looks at Tobias and starts staring him down with this hatred oh, in his eyes. My fucking God, I also wrote that. And that was like a total gut punch for me. Oh like, God, yeah. that in that moment, we realized that Marco's greatest fear is being stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and never being just, able to return to his dad. Yep. It's, it's, oh my God. And then... I, I literally wrote down, ouch. Yeah, ouch, but... I mean, think of it this way. We're, this whole book is Tobias telling us how he thinks he's weak and he can't hunt and he can't do this stuff because he's weak. And Tobias took one of his friends staring him down and said, if you need to look at me and you need to hate me in this moment, you oh do God. it. Yeah. You do it. And I will yeah. stand here and I will take it for you. Yeah. If that's going to give you the drive to get out of this morph, then I will. Oh, my God. I <laughs> Oh God, my this heart is book hurts. Three. Fuck this oh, shit. God, I have tears in my eyes. I know. I'm like, I had like a physical, visceral reaction just then. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. oh fuck. He's he's the strongest freaking <laughs> strongest character. I, I, I really want to flip my desk. I hate everything. <laughs> I need to flip my desk over. They're fucking 12 years old. They're 12 years old. And, oh, God. Oh, my God. It's just heart-wrenching. Let's move on because I'm tired of feeling emotions. (laughs) Okay, okay, we're moving on. Tobias flies away screaming because he knows he's trapped. Is that what you wanted to go to next? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that's literally the next thing. Is that they all... They all get out of. They Wolf all get Morph out. They're celebrating, and, and Tobias is like, "Oh my god!" and realizes the gravity of the situation, and he just fucking takes yeah, off. Yeah, because he's only been trapped as a hawk for like a week at this point, right. and he's suddenly realizing I have the rest of my hawk life ahead of me, yep. and I will never turn back. I'll never be anything more than this. And he just takes off. Oh, I have a question. Yeah, how long do hawks live? He could live in the wild. Um, he's probably not going to make it much past about 10 to 15 if he survives the first year. Um, yep. In captivity, 30, 40 years. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, depends. And since he's yeah. got human intelligence, I'm assuming he'll make it a little longer. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I wondered if, if the, the age would be restricted to the being in the physical form of a hawk mm-hmm. or like since he has a hawk brain and a human brain like how that works anyway yeah yeah and i mean it's there's a lot of other things to to consider here too like we don't know how the morphing technology kind of right uh, you know how how that works with ages exactly and yeah there's there's some talk too about um the other anamorphs like when they're morphing because they return to the same dna like yeah. is that kind of slowing down their aging process by all the oh, times yeah. they spent in morph i've wondered that quite a bit actually yeah i 
I don't think it's ever answered in the book series, but there's discussion about it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Tobias flies off. Very Screaming. sad. Screaming. Yep. And, and uh, I wrote down a note that I like. I think from what I remember, he's just flying around, just like trying to work off his energy. Mm-hmm. And he's flying at night again. Again. And we talked about this in I think book one, where you mentioned that hawks cannot really fly at night because they really can't see at night. They cannot. This is a uh, terrible idea. Uh. Yep. It's another frustrating animal inaccuracy. Well, let me get to my frustrating animal inaccuracy. So he oh. goes to Jake's house next, where Jake left a uh, Rubbermaid full of food for him. And he left right. him meat, potatoes, and green beans. So, like, maybe that's fine for Jake, who doesn't know anything about birds. But Cassie is there. She knows what <laughs> red tails eat. She has oh access God. to frozen mice, frozen quail, that, like, um, I didn't even think about uh, that. Yeah, and she doesn't say shit. She's like, yeah, that's fine, Jake. Meat, potatoes, green beans, fine. And, like, it, he can't eat cooked meat because the grease in that will ruin his feathers. It comes out of their skin in oil. It kills them. It shuts down their kidneys. They can't process that. Like, maybe it would be fine for this, like, week that he's there, but it, it's going to be so problematic for his health, number one. And number two, Cassie's a friggin' rehabber. Come on! Why didn't he just go to her barn where it would be, A, less conspicuous for him to be there, and B, would have had access to actual food he could eat? Yeah! Like, I, like, my only thing I can think of is that maybe, like, they haven't fully, like, maybe there was some sort of revulsion at the idea of eating frozen mice. Well, so, I could see that, because he does mention that he doesn't like that. But, like, quail is something people eat. Yeah. People eat quail all the time. You get yep. restaurant-grade quail, and mm-hmm. he will be just fine. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yep. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yes. So. That, that, yeah. Yeah. So Tobias eats his cooked meat, leaves the, the uh, potatoes and green beans, because even he knows he can't eat that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes to Rachel. And uh, I think he's really seeking for her reassurance that he's still human because Rachel is very adamant. You are a human, no matter what your form is, you're a human. And I think he's kind of looking for that. Cause he tells her, you know, he's, he's losing it. And she tries to say, you're not, you have us, we're here for you. And, uh, you know, then she says something like, Oh, the Andalites probably have a solution for this. when they finally show up and Tobias is like, yeah, they probably do. And in his head, he's like, no, they don't. <laughs> like we were told they don't. We know this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Ah, great. Ooh. So, you know, on that happy note, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that the sharing comes up, but I have no context for this and I don't remember it. <laughs> so hmm. the sharing comes up and then we hear that Marco's mother drowned. Yay. Oh, is that when that's first brought up? This is when we first hear that she drowned. We knew she was dead. But um, this is where they specifically say it was in an accident where she went and drowned. So that's fun. What's, sorry, what's the scene for this? I read this a week ago and I don't remember it. Um, I, you know what? Are they, are they all together in the barn again and talking about this? I think they might be. I truly do not remember. It's, there's, I think this was all just a setup to get Rachel to talk about her gymnastics exhibition. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I wrote a, a yeah. Okay, I wrote down a note that says, "Does Marco like Rachel?" Question mark. I don't know. I mean, it's not ever called out specifically, but yeah. I think there's some uh, flirty stuff that happens between the two of them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember the specific line, but I was kind of like, oh, that's hmm. It kind of <laughs> make it kind of made me wonder. Um, yeah. Anyway, but that's probably incidental at this point. I mean, maybe it's incidental, but like you'll you know, never know. You'll never know. You'll you don't know what's going on in K. Applegate's head. She could be like, "Listen, I don't know where this series is going because we're at book number three, and we're already in the most depressing suicidal child I've ever thought of in my life. Jeez. So maybe I just need to have a backup there with uh, Rachel and Marco." Yes. Um, what do you ship? What do I ship? <laughs> what What's your ship? <laughs> They're twelve. I ship nothing. Um, <laughs> I ship never talking about children and relationships again until no. they're thirty six years old. Yeah. All right. Um. So yes, as you mentioned, Rachel brings up her gymnastics meet, and Marco's like, <laughs> "I'm totally gonna show up to that." And Rachel's like, "No, don't." I hate it performing in front of people. Don't you dare show up. Which, yep. you know, seems like an incidental conversation, but actually kind of pays off later. Um, yeah. And it's, it's so... That is really weird. That's kind of flirty. Marco being like, I'll be there. I'll be there, baby girl. <laughs> I chose uh, to, to take a sip of water at that point. I, <laughs> did it come out your nose? <laughs> no, I just... I almost spit it out. Dang it. God. So close. Anyway. I'll get you one time. <laughs> oh my god. I'll be there, baby girl. I'll be there, baby girl. Rachel, I'll Rachel, be there for you. Rachel. I love you, baby girl. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> oh god. Anyway. So, um, after this whole gymnastics exhibition thing, they're like, so anyways, back to business. What are we gonna do about the giant alien ship that's oh. sucking up water and air? Oh, what what? Oh, sorry. You mean, you mean, okay, I thought you skipped the whole gymnastics thing. No, you just we're... the gymnastics conversation. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yes. sorry. We could go through it line by line if you wanted. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, they're, at... they're like, back to, back to yes. uh, business. Yeah, so they start talking about the, sh- the ship again. Yeah, and um, it kind of turns into this conversation about, like, well, let's decloak it in front of everybody. And they're like, well, no, then the aliens will just attack Earth. And Jake's like, if they had enough firepower to openly attack Earth, they would have done so. Clearly, they don't. So Mm -hmm. our best bet is to expose the aliens so that everybody knows about them. Mm -hmm. Which is, they're still, it's so early in the series that they're still like, the Andalites are coming back. Wait, we just have to tell authorities about this authorities will help us and it's like no authorities are never going to help you this is far beyond you (laughs) so they're like you know it would be interesting to see if they you know if they do expose the yurks Mm -hmm. like which of the world leaders goes Oh, UFOs. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous versus like, oh my fucking god, there's UFOs. So that would be really easy to like weed out who's god. a controller and who's not. Who was president during this time? Clinton? Mid-90s? 
Yeah. Clinton, I think. Yeah. He believes in UFOs. He looks like a guy that believes in UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to lay down that bet. Yeah. He'd be like, let's bomb him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough about Clinton. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm judging entirely on the mental picture I have in my head to make the statement, I believe that Clinton would believe in UFOs. I just know that he played the saxophone in the opening of Animaniacs. What? <laughs> it's, it's in the song. I mean, not like like physically actually did it. He They just animated him playing the oh. saxophone. Yeah, sorry. I didn't wow. mean to be misleading. That, I mean, I wasn't a huge Animaniacs fan, but I was just willing to go watch that entire series because of that opening sequence. Now I'll never know. He'll never know. I'll never know. Anyway, um... <laughs> So yeah, they're going to expose the Yerks in front of everybody. That's their that's their game plan. Yep, because they need to get more than just five children fighting against an entire invading army of aliens. They might be feeling a little overwhelmed at this point and would like some allies. Yeah, especially since one of the five just got turned into a hawk forever. So yeah. it's really four young children and a hawk. Right. Which is not... Those odds suck, man. Yeah. Well, yep. Now they have to come up with uh, how those four kids and a hawk are going to get enough firepower to uh, to go in and get into a ship and take it down or decloak it or whatever. Also, not pointing out that none of them know this technology or how to decloak the ship once they get in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't really Mi- matter. Minor details. Minor details. Just minor things. So they're like, well, there's a giant tubey thing that comes out of the bottom, so uh, let's just morph into a fish and get sucked inside a sealed reservoir. It'll probably work, right? Yeah, that seems legit. And they're like, the most important part of this is that we do this on a Saturday because we can't take any more time off school, and uh, Sunday I have to get my homework done. <laughs> so... <laughs> Kid problems. Kid problems. I I start talking a lot more, especially in the next book, about how much I love the kid problems they have. They're like, well, we have Saturday morning cartoons, so it's got to be like after 10. <laughs> and also, it's really hard to skateboard to your house. So, <laughs> like, it it's just ridiculous. And, like, they're like, well, we're still doing gymnastics meets and, you know, we're still doing after school activities and, like, it. Man, they're just I can't Priorities, keep up with this. Yo. Yeah, I can't keep up with this. I could I couldn't do one extracurricular and all my homework at the same time, much less saving the world when I was in middle school. Oh totally. I couldn't. It's... Oh god damn it, Matt's playing Zelda. No, kick him off. I can Tell hear no. you. <laughs> Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> um Oh god. So, so we're just trying had... to avoid talking more about Tobias, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're just trying to have a few laughs. We're trying to get him out. Because this next part is, is, oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> Let's just get it over with. Let's get it over with. This is so, the part. Tobias, so they all d- depart from wherever they were meeting. I think it was like Jake's room. And uh, Tobias at this point is feeling pretty okay about being a bird. You know, he's kind of trying to look on the bright side of things. And then he lets his guard down a little bit, and he spots a small rodent in the field. And before he knows it, he is on top of this rodent, devouring its innards. 
Yep. And then he looks down at the blood on his talons, and his mind breaks, and everything is terrible. Yeah, and he tries to run, and he falls face first because he's a bird. <laughs> and uh, then he takes off, and his only thought is, I have to go see Rachel. I have to borrow some of her strength, and I have mm-hmm. to go see her. And um, I think it's because she's the only one that insists that he's still a human, despite right. everything. He's a human. Right. So Tobias uh, takes off towards the mall because Rachel's at her gymnastics meets. And um, he decides that, he, I don't even know if he decides, he just all of a sudden is plummeting at the glass doors and he's going to try to kill himself. Like, he needs to get out of this body. He just wants to shatter his reality and get out of here. He just can't, mm-hmm. he, he wants to kill his hawk body. Yep. So he tries to plummet into the building. He's going towards the glass and through some extraordinary chance, somebody opens the first door. And he goes, it's fine, there's a second door. He makes it through the second door. And he's probably going. I think he mentions that he's flying in at, like, 40 miles an hour. But coming out of a stoop, he was probably going, like, 80 miles an hour. Jeez. Um, that force easily could have killed him. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he goes into the to the mall, and he's zooming past all of these stores. And it's it, it almost reminds me of in Willy Wonka when they go through the Tunnel of Horrors. It's like, oh, the, yeah. yeah, the worst possible thing you can see is every semblance of your human life. The stores oh that God. you would go in, the clothes rushing past you, just every store. You're not a human anymore. You're not a human anymore. Um, I hate this. Oh, fuck. Me too. And uh, he, he takes, he's taken off into the mall and he bounces off of a window. And uh, that's kind of where Rachel is. So he ends up bouncing off towards her and... Um, she tries to grab him out of the air. She falls off the balance beam because she's just started her routine. And he's screaming at her that he killed, he killed. He's not a human anymore. He's lost. He's a hawk. And mm-hmm. Rachel is trying her best to tell him without letting on that this is all being screamed in her head that he has the other animals, he has her, and that he's not alone and that he's a human and that it's, it's all going to be fine. She kind of throws him up to get him free of the crowd, who's now trying to grab him and hit him because, you know, he's a crazy bird and it looks like he's trying to attack Rachel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tobias decides he's going to take off at the skylight. And this is kind of his last-ditch attempt at killing himself. And he goes, mm-hmm. he let the hawk take over because the hawk doesn't understand glass and the hawk killed, almost like, I have to punish this body because of what it did and what it Holy needs shit. and what it is. And it deserves to die. There's so much so, like content. There's so much like so uh, much, and this like is, underlying meaning. Oh my god, I hate there this. There is, and like a lot of this, I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm just gonna keep going. I gotta power through, man. So Tobias just takes a total backseat to it, and is almost like even in this moment, he refuses to kill the hawk. The hawk has to kill itself. He's trying. And then uh, Marco comes in at the last minute and throws a, a baseball through the skylight, shattering it, and Tobias is free. Um, and he just totally, he's already given up the back seat to the hawk, so he just continues being in the back seat, and the hawk takes off and for several days just establishes a territory, is hunting, is doing that, and at night he's having these dreams of being a human, and he can't stand it he just keeps trying to forget and like 
go back into this hawk body. And, uh, and he starts he starts eating and, and living like a hawk, so he's eating live, mm-hmm. you know, mice and shit. And yeah, everything he's done. Yeah, he just totally surrenders to this to this body. Oh man! Ah, heavy shit, audience. God, this was the first book you read, and you kept coming I, back, even though it was like twenty years old. Fuck. You came back, man. I I think I might have been a little too young to like form emotional attachments to the level (laughs) (laughs) like that sounds bad bad, but like to the point where i can form emotional attachments now like like i have much more empathy now like 20 years later Mm -hmm. um than i probably did back then because when you're a kid you don't understand shit because you're a dumb kid um but yeah like so like I i think i knew it was like like bad news bears but to the extent i didn't realize until you know reading it now Um, yeah oh my god it's it's almost like because you're a kid you don't you just don't have like the emotional depth to get it and also like there's no way reading this as a small child that like i would never have been able to understand this double like this this is my body now, and also I hate it, and it needs to die. Like, having that sort of, I don't even know what to call it, just like that that disconnection in your head, and just not, like, not being able to imagine that. Like, I would not have been able to figure that out as a kid, and reading through it now, it's like, yeah, I, I can, obviously I can't get it, because I've never been in that situation before, but, um, I can kind of imagine it. I, I can imagine how horrific it is. And you kind of know now what it's like to be trapped by a situation. Whereas when you're a kid, it's kind of, you know, you have a lot more freedom almost because you, <laughs> you're you not like, oh, I'm stuck in this situation forever. Whereas like when you're an adult reading this, you're like, yeah, I've been stuck in a shitty job or a shitty relationship. Or like I've been in a situation where it's like there is no way out of this. And you know how horrible that feels and then to have it be like literally my body, there is no way out of this. Like, oh, oh god, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is <so> heavy. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. Our like listeners are gonna be like, oh look, it's the Animorphs podcast. Let's go like listen to all the silly jokes they make. No, that was a fun romp. Let's revisit <laughs> it. <laughs> this is not what we signed up for. It's um, oh god. Well, this is yeah. This is probably not not at all, but I, we gotta talk about it yep. <laughs> because we made this it is our like, jobs. <laughs> yeah, I hope this is like I like I, I understand all the books are pretty heavy, but like I hope this is kind of like the only low point for a while. Uh, you can probably attest more to that than I can, but there certainly is. Um, there's a lot of fillers um like there's there's a lot of books that are kind of like more upbeat and funnier and more fillery uh and then there's also um going forward that spiral into leaning into the morphs to help get over this like tobias tobias is the one that can't shift and so he's in every single way stuck emotionally and in his body and so like this is without going into spoilers this is you know for a while going to be the darkest book because we don't have another Tobias visit until yeah. 
you know. For another, like, nine or ten books. Yeah, for another nine or ten books. So this really is, like, one of the darker ones. And even knowing, like, um, just tearing back the curtain a little bit, um, we did read the fourth book already. So mm-hmm. you know that the next book is really a high point after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it really does kind of get better. And um, towards the end of the series, we'll curve back towards this feel that Tobias has right now. But um, we don't, none of the other characters at this point are kind of in this dark space that Tobias is. Right. So. Hello, yeah. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> oh. God. Oh, jeez. So. Well, shall I continue with our fun yeah. Book of horrors? <laughs> yeah. So Tobias is living as a hawk um, to kind of try and cope with what happened. And then he he hears some screaming and something clicks in his brain as he sees um a human being chased by a horkbidger yeah and this okay so this really also made me question the whole marco tobias thing the thing that comes into his head the first thing that pops there is salad shooter and he goes oh marco called him a salad shooter he's like marco Marco, oh my God, Marco. And Marco's snapped him out of this. After Marco stared at him and hated him and he brought Marco out of his morph, later in the book, Marco snaps him out of being the hawk and brings well, and back Tobias. And Marco saved his life too. Like, mm-hmm. And Marco saved his life at the mall. So yeah. as much as he can say he and Marco will never be friends, this just mm. happened. It's very significant. Things it's, just happened. Yeah. Yeah. I read that. And like reading it again while writing it down and not just for enjoyment, I'll hit these things sometimes where I'm like, oh my God, that, wait a minute. That's, that's a reference to what happened earlier. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, kind of continuity to it. Continuity. But like in the best way. Um, so I just, I thought it was, I just thought that that was an amazing moment. Like. I don't know. It says something to the connection that the Animorphs are already forming with each other. And it just says something towards how tight this team really has to be to make any of this even work in the slightest. To even have a Mm -hmm. chance. Like, they already are like, oh yeah, we don't get along really well. Oh, but he did save my life last week and also then again, like, ten minutes ago. So, that's pretty cool. Yes. So anyway, sorry, yes, hork <laughs> As you were saying, a hork was attacking a human. <laughs> yes. And, uh, uh, yeah, he goes to help the human out. He swoops down, and we don't really find out what happens, because it just really it, it cuts to Rachel, Tobias being at Rachel's. Yes. So, Tobias ends up at Rachel's. Um, we didn't find out what happened to the human yet. Uh, and Rachel flips the frack out and tries to hug him. And she mentions how they've all been worried sick about him. And then Rachel just gets pissed because Rachel's always pissed. Yeah, it's kind of the, I'm so happy to see you. It smacks him across the head. Why would you do that? Exactly. <laughs> that, that classic yeah. maneuver. Like, they walk in and they're like, where have you been? Smack. <laughs> <laughs> so Tobias tells Rachel everything that happened to him. And uh, she gets kind of mad that he let the hawk win. And I think this is the first time in the series that we see Tobias kind of stand up against Rachel. Um, and he's kind of like, yeah, I let the hawk win. I'm part hawk now. Get used to it. 
<laughs> and uh, he admits that he almost didn't save the guy because he was watching that predator-prey dynamic, and he's a part of that, and he didn't, he kind of didn't think he had maybe a right to it. I don't know if that's the yeah. right word. But now that he's part of that whole ecosystem, he doesn't think he can tear it apart. So, um, Tobias, he's talking to Rachel, and she's adamant, saying, you're a human, you're a human, you're one of us. And he goes, you know what, I'm not. I'm kind of something in the middle. And uh, she mentions that Marco came through for him in a big way. And then Tobias <laughs> mentions going to see Jake and uh, getting his CTA, as I called it. <laughs> and uh, that's... His call to action is that he realizes that humans with yurks are trapped in their bodies the same way that he's trapped as a mm. hawk. And he doesn't want anyone else to feel this. And the difference between him and them is he can free them. And he can do that for them, even though he'll always be trapped. And now he has his reason to fight. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <sighs> So, they're going to go do the mountain mission, which I, I had all but forgotten about at this part of the read the right. book. I was like, oh, right, there was another plot happening here other than Tobias just having the worst freaking yeah. time in I, his life. I totally forgot about the plot while I was being emotionally torn apart. I know, right? While I was taking that beating, I forgot that other things were <laughs> happening. <laughs> so, um, back to the... Main plot? Question mark? Yeah. Alright, main plot. So they, so, they <laughs> morph wolves again and they head up to the, the mountain area and they hide out in a cave uh, yes. to rest and wait. Catch a fish. Catch a fish, yes. Which they're bad at. All they're of very them. bad. They're terrible. They, they are terrible at this. And Cassie's like, this just takes time and patience and she's like now this like zen fisherman oh cassie i i okay i wrote down a note that says there's no way cassie is so calm slash level-headed all the time like why i don't know oh i can't wait till we get to a certain book narrated (laughs) by a certain girl (laughs) (laughs) oh Like, like even Jake's getting pissed off at this point. Like, Jake, ever so patient and, you know, the leader, is, like, snapping at people. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing I can, that that I can think of in Cassie's defense right now is that, like, she has been working with her dad, like, at a a vet clinic, and her mom is the head vet of the gardens for, I assume, her entire life. And so she does have that, like... When everything's going to shit around you, you just stay calm because you have to think it through. So, like, she does have some training in that, and, like, she'll probably be a little bit better than everybody else. But, yeah, this whole, like, waiting around for a fish, that's got to be so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the last possible second, she catches a trout, (laughs) and they all acquire it. Yay! Yay! They caught a fish. They did it. With a string and not at all a worm. Phase one complete. Yeah, you know, never mind. I was going to say, they could have brought a lure along with them, so it wasn't just a hook, but... You know. I mean, part of me is like, Rachel could have morphed back into Fluffer McNuttons and <laughs> caught the fish. But Fluffer McNuttons! I don't keep forgetting the dumb cat's name. Oh, it's Fluffer McNuttons! <laughs> Captain Knuckles. Captain Knuckles! 
the cat. Oh my god. Yeah, that's true. They could have done that. Again, it's a stamina energy, how many morphs can you do in one day type of situation, but, like, you know. They could have somehow acquired a a fox morph at the barn, and then we could have had a fox and the hound fishing moment. Aww, I love that movie. It's a good movie. (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) back to the book. (laughs) Tobias sees that female hawk again. Again. And uh, he knows that that she wants him to join her. He doesn't know how he knows this, but he gets kind of drawn into it because he's part hawk now. Do hawks um, mate for life? So there's some debate over that. Um, they do for the most part. And of course, like if a mate dies or something like that, they, they might change off. And there are situations where they will leave their, their mates for other ones, but for the most part, they mate for life. And they okay. share their territory throughout the season and okay. all that jazz. Okay, just fact-checking, because I wrote down a note that says Hawks Mate for Life, question mark. Fact-checks. <laughs> fact-checks. Uh, so while he's uh, gazing lovingly at his, his hawk girl, um, there's suddenly helicopters, because he was so distracted, and the rest of the team is struggling into the cave, because he's, like, screaming, like, get out of the cave, get out of the cave, you know, flying as fast he can at them, and... You know, they're they're crawling through the brambles, but they don't have shoes, and it's thorny, and it's oh, all, like, yeah. grown in. And so Tobias is like, ah, I know exactly what to do. He goes into a dive at the helicopter, or sorry, flies directly at the helicopter, and, like, right up until the last minute was like, yeah, I'm going to crash in the windshield. And then finally, like, the, the helicopter pilot notices him and dodges one way, and he dodges the other, and it was That was, was lucky. Okay. So they played that chicken, was, basically. They played chicken. <laughs> Uh, if only the longest recorded flight of a chicken wasn't 13 seconds. This would have made sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways. uh, So that allowed his friends to make it into the cave okay. It stalled out the helicopter pilot for just long enough for Rachel to get in there. She was the last one struggling in, and it was okay. So the ship appears soon after, and then the blade ship appears. Of course. Visser 3 makes his appearance. He makes his appearance. We can't go a full book without talking about Wizard 3. I mean, it's kind of true. I'm like, he's shown up in every single book so far, and I'm like, does does he have other places to be? No. All right. No, he doesn't. (laughs) This is the only place he has to be. Where else do we have to be? He's, like, not doing a great job ruling the whole invasion of Earth. I mean, Mm. he might as well just come see what the lake's about. (laughs) How's my lake doing? How's how's, How's my lake going? How's the oxygen collection going? I spent all day beheading people and I just want to look upon my lake. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh God. Since Wizard 3 showed up, Tobias is like, that's it, I'm out. Like, screw this, Visor 3's here. And uh, Jake and Rachel are like, no, let's do it now. Like, this is even better because we can, you know, do it right under his nose kind of a thing. And uh, Cassie, Marco's, of course, out. I Sorry, I did not feel the need to write that down. Marco does not want to do this. Right. And then um, Cassie tips the scales by saying, like, we could get into the water with this heightened security in the blade ship here now if Tobias carries us, carries us out of the cave there. And uh, Marco and Tobias are both like, that is a terrible idea, Cassie. You're an idiot. Because fish, are, they need to go underwater. Caves are not underwater. Well, I mean, some of them are, but not this one. Not this particular cave. Not this particular cave that we're that they're in right now. 
So uh, they start this insane plan, and they're very surprised that it works, which, (laughs) me too. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Uh, And once again, Rachel's the last to morph. Um, They do have some, like, moments of tension where it's like, she, Cassie morphs into a fish, and she's like, oh, shit, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And uh, he drops her in the water, and she's like, all right, this is cool. Um, They, of course, make... Sorry. I was thinking about um, Tobias carrying fish one by one into the lake, which is super suspicious looking. Why don't the Yurks have, like, a a zoologist with them at all times just to observe, like, weird animal behavior and be like, hey, that fox over there is acting really weird. Maybe it's one of the Andalite bandits. Like, you know? Yeah. It would make sense. That would make sense. That's what I would do if I were Visser 3. Visser 3 doesn't do anything smart. (laughs) <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He's he's a fantastic villain. He just, he really, he was put into a situation where it wasn't playing to his strengths. Like, he earned this position at the invasion of Earth, but his skills are being uh, over the top and doing the overt thing and coming in guns a-blazing and intimidating. And the subtlety game is just not his thing. And so I think that he overlooks a lot of times... <laughs> What other so he's Invader Zim, basically. He's basically Invader Zim. And, gotcha. Yeah, and like I think he overlooks that a lot, because he doesn't think anyone else would be subtle, because he's not subtle, and he's the best right. leader. Like, you know, it's I think it's one of those things. Anyway, cool. So <laughs> Tobias does get them all here, but on his final flight out with Rachel, he go- does go directly at the human. The Horcruiser slices off a little bit of his tail, and uh, he does get out. But they they fire a Draken beam at him, and the guy misses and hits the truck ship, as I now refer to it. Oh yeah, blows a tiny and he gets, hole. And he gets in trouble. He gets in huge trouble. So the gang is uh, they're checking out the intake pipe. He's gonna get in trouble. We're gonna revisit this. He does get in trouble, but just one second. <laughs> just hold on one second. <laughs> hold your horses. Because I need to type tell you what i typed here which was the gang is checking in with tobias at the intake pipe and rachel reports that there's tremendous suction <laughs> sorry i had to point that out it's like it's sucked up with the tremendous suction and oh uh the rest of the plan at this point is to wait until the reservoir is filled up in the ship and uh then they're gonna get to the top and morph human and let themselves out bing bang seems boom. foolproof done not a big deal so Marco's like, well, this is totally insane. And Rachel then recaps the plan to him, like, what, being a fish, getting sucked up the tube, getting pulled into a reservoir, and then, like, decloaking a ship? Marco replies, well, okay, as long as we all know we're nuts, let's do it. <laughs> um, so Tobias is uh, keeping up with all of his conversation by flying underneath the belly of the ship, which is very dangerous and stupid. Um, yeah. But he does it anyways. His friends are all like, oh, man, I can't believe we can hear you through this entire ship. And he is like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? And he uh, scoots out of there, and that's when he sees the Horkbizur and uh, the guy that sh- accidentally shot the truck ship, which is a giant manta ray ship. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know if I said that. I'm calling it a truck ship now no, no, because it did. delivers stuff. Okay, cool. So um, he scoots out from under the truck ship, and uh, the guy, he's getting reamed out by Visor 3. He's like, how could you dent my baby like this, you know? Like, when somebody sideswipes like when somebody dinged car. up your... Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Somebody, somebody dings your car. How could you do this? 
And uh, then the guy gets what we can assume is viciously beheaded. They don't tell us. Oh, is that? Yeah. Tobias is just like, I won't describe to you what happened to that person. He's like, this would be my... I was just like, but I kind of want to know. I know. Wait, but I'm really into that. Can you tell me a little more? Yeah. (laughs) Did they eat him? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, he's like, this is my private torture to carry. I think he got beheaded or mangled in some way by Visor Three's tail and then probably shot a little. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, in any case, something terrible happened. It was graphic and... And, and Tobias censored it for us because, again, yeah. he's such a good <laughs> Thanks, freaking Tobias. guy. Thanks, dude. Good looking out, Tobias. it's like way to drag us through your own personal emotional hell but like censor when somebody gets brutally murdered thanks dude yeah very productive (laughs) yeah my tone changed drastically between those two (laughs) (laughs) oh geez so um but right before this guy gets brutally murdered he says to visitor three hey man there's a suspicious bird flying around and he's like ah ha ha i'm still going to kill you and then they all turn around and they're like lo the suspicious bird (laughs) <laughs> and Tobias was there and he was uh, acting suspiciously so all of a sudden the helicopters descend on him they're you know everything they can think of to come after him is is going after him and he, he's he lands on top of the ship yeah that's his solution is to land on the ship and sit there so that they don't shoot the ship you know why that is right because the closer you are to danger the farther you are from harm Oh my god. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Boom. Oh my god. <laughs> so, That's the last thing they'll expect. <laughs> they, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Sorry, we're just throwing References. quotes left and right here. Um, All right. That have nothing to do with this. So, <laughs> going back to the actual book we're supposed to be talking about. Um, he lands on the ship. And uh, Visitor 3 starts threatening him, saying, Give up the other Andalite bandit. Andalite bandalites. 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 The Andalite bandalites. Let's just call them bandalites. That's perfect. So he says, Give up the bandalites, and he'll kill him quickly. But if he captures Tobias, he will torture him slowly. Which, you know, that's going to be hard. You can't say anything to him that he hasn't already said to himself. Oh, I know. So, Ow. as this is happening, and Visitor Three is like monologuing to him, and give up the bandalites, <laughs> and we'll let you go quickly to death, quickly. Um, and Rachel starts chiming in on the other end of the spectrum, saying, "The great—they're trapped. They're all trapped. The grate won't open. They can't get out." They did not think this through very well, and uh, this is kind of it. This is the end for them. And uh, Rachel says, there's no way out. We refuse to be taken alive. So they're going to go down fighting. And she starts begging Tobias, Is if there's anything you can do to take out the ship, do it now. I know it's not possible. I know you're just a bird. But <laughs> if there's anything you can do, now's the time. If you have a hat trick up that little bird sleeve of yours, now's the time, man. And uh, Tobias says, Rachel, I never told you. And she says, you don't have to, Tobias. I knew. Goodbye. I know. I know. Heck. So she starts morphing back to human, because she's going to cut off all contact. They're going to, I guess, get ready to go to Battle Morphs when it goes up there. And uh, Tobias kind of is like, well, the Yerks won. This is it. It was stupid to think we could ever fight them. We're kids. And this was a terrible maneuver. And uh, I wrote, you're not wrong. 
But <laughs> <laughs> so Tobias is like, well, at this point, I have nothing more to lose because the Animorphs, the, the Bandalites, are the last thing that's keeping me human. This is the last connection I have to humanity. So he's like, I'm going to be a hawk, too. And as he does that, he kind of realizes I'm being hunted. But you know what? I'm a predator, too. I know how to hunt, too. And uh, so as the uh, the helicopters are closing in on him, there are taxons that are sent up above the ship to come after him as well. And they're coming out with Draken beams. So Tobias is like, I can't go above them because I'll be killed by the helicopters by Draken beams and they'll shoot me. And I can't go into their mouths because then they'll eat me. So <laughs> he goes and he grabs a Draken beam off of them. I wrote right out of his little pincers. And uh, little, little pincers. He grabs the dragon beam and goes racing towards the cockpit. And Mr. Three is like, simple, start flying the ship. And Tobias is like, oh shit, this this will end everything. I can't keep up with the ship flying. So he's like, getting mocked. Visitor Three is mocking him. He's still not talking back to Visitor Three. Because remember, at this point, the kids are so, they're afraid to talk to him. They don't want them to know that they're kids and not Andalite Bandalites. <laughs> And Andalite uh, Bandalites. And so um, he's on this crazy kamikaze mission, and he's literally dragging himself across the top of the ship by his little talons in any hole that he can come to. And he has this moment where he's, like, resisting the urge to tell him, I'm not an Andalite, I'm Tobias. But then he's like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. That's a terrible idea. I won't sound cool at all because I'm a nerd. And uh, so he, Which is probably smart. It's very smart. It's, it's one of the smartest things that happens in this yeah. entire scene. <laughs> yeah. So he's crawling towards the cockpit. He makes it there, and it, the last bit of strength he has, he pulls the trigger for as long as he can to do as much cockpit damage as he possibly can. And then when he can no longer hold on, he just lets go and, uh, and just starts tumbling away. But he's hit all the controls on the ship. So it starts wobbling. It hits a helicopter. It hits a bug fighter. And then the side of, uh, of the ship that hit the bug fighter gets torn open. And the reservoir opens up. And then I wrote, Tobias says, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he tears. So Tobias shoots a gun. Tobias a shoots hawk shoots a gun. A gun. It's hawk. See, he would have been on board with our kangaroo pouch gun plan. <laughs> if only we had oh. expressed this to him. Oh, I had a question. Yes. Um, when, when he is shooting the gun, he mentions, like, oh, it's it's not like any gun I've ever shot before. There was no recoil or mm -hmm. something like that. And I'm like, has he shot a gun before? I, I assume because his uncle is, like, described as kind of like a weird redneck alcoholic dude, maybe? Ah, oh, all right. I don't know if there's specific references to that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had. I mean, it's incidental, but I, it was just an interesting... No, I, I like it. Moment. I like that question. Oh, man. So, okay. So, so the, guys, everything's falling. We're there's closing debris. in on the end. Yeah. We're closing Which is good. In. We have 12, 13 minutes left. Um, before before we're our time is talking up. about this forever. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So is, debris falling. Yep. You want to take um, it? Sure. Have I think it. I remember what happens. Do it. Because I also have a point that I'm leaning into. Um, yes. So debris falling, and um, the anamorphs we see are falling, and it's it's a very long fall, and they're kind of like oh shit, and they start morphing into their bird morphs, 
um, which I was confused because it, in the book it mentions that Marco was morphing into a bald eagle. Yup. And I'm pretty sure he only had an osprey morph, that, as mentioned in yep. book two. Yep. So, a little continuity error there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they, they managed to get into their bird morphs before hitting the ground, and they're all okay, they, for the most part. They are, and Marco starts immediately complaining, because it's Marco, and, it's um, Marco. Tobias says, cool dude, but, like, we're not safe yet, get to the trees immediately. Um, and so the Animorphs do, because they have human intelligence, but then Tobias's girl, Hawk, who doesn't have that intelligence, takes oh. off. And uh, they shoot at her, they hit one of her wings, which burns off, and she goes spiraling to the earth, never to fly again. Because they thought she was Tobias. They thought she was Tobias. And that's kind of where that scene ends. Yep. Yep. So, the last part of this book, what we end on, is uh, Rachel and Cassie have been talking, and they say they want to go retrieve the hawk and bury her, because she meant a lot to Tobias, and... Tobias basically says, no, that's not the way of wild animals. Um, that's human, and I need to kind of be both. And Rachel's saying, like, no, you're, you're human. This is, we can do this for you. It won't be a problem. And he's like, no, I live in the wild now. This is the way of the wild. This is how it has to be. Um, and he kind of says that he's found a peace sort of within himself, but I think he's just kind of figured out the first bit of it. Yeah, it's this first step towards is, accepting yeah. both of his identities. Yeah, accepting kind of who he is. And so uh, then he legitimately just takes off into the sunset. Uh, and that's the end of book three. That's the end of that terrible emotional roller coaster of death. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that was book three. Hooray! <laughs> I sighed deeply when you said hooray. Da 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 da. Jeez, man. Yeah. So that was that was a ride. So, um, my question for you: If you had to be trapped as any animal for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I. You should have asked me that at the beginning <laughs> before we got all in depth about this emotional turmoil. Just trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> oh my god. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Because, like, my initial instinct is to say dog, mm -hmm. but there are so many dogs that don't have great lives that that might not be great. I don't know. That's and also dogs are dumb and rely on humans. <laughs> That's true of any animal, though. I, I say that- I, I, say, I say dogs are dumb in the most affectionate way possible. Yeah. Because um, I love dogs, but they are dumb and they rely on humans. I guess dogs. I guess they they can make it on their own, but but they're only if they're street wise. Street smart. And you'd still have human intelligence. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could probably make it as a dog. I would for sure. I'd be I'd in be a all orca. serious black up in here. Oh, you'd be in orca <laughs> for sure. Getting all serious black up in here. I'd be a big black shaggy dog and appear to people before they died. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'd be an orca for sure. Nice. Yeah live like eat some 80 years same lifespan eat some shark livers eat some shark livers it could be so much fun oh man. man wasn't there a movie about about that shit like 
The Lobster, right? The Lobster? The Lobster. It's a movie that came out, I think, last year. And it's, like, about this reality where people, if they don't find a mate after a while, they, they get turned into an animal and they have to be that animal for the rest of their lives. And the guy chooses a lobster because they live to be, like, super, super long. I don't know. <laughs> I have never heard of this movie, but now I kind of want to watch it. I, I don't know. I don't know either. It's crazy. Yeah. So, check that out, I guess. Well, I'd pick an orca. Animorphs. I'd pick an orca. It is vaguely animorphs related. So, any other closing thoughts we're nearing our two-hour time limit oh man you know i don't i i wanted to come up with questions more questions because i did i came up with a few that i asked you throughout here but i want to come up with more but i just emotionally could not like yep i just had to talk about tobias and his struggles oh uh, yeah poor guy god just a poor guy Mm-hmm. He's 12, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he is, he's 12, and he's already had to, to do this. All of this. Yep. Oh, I do have one more recap for almost not at all Animorphs-related. Okay. So in our last episode, we mentioned that we were going to be going whale-watching the following day. We did. It was freaking awesome. It was epic. It was so epic. We saw a blue whale. And we saw humpbacks. Saw two blue whales. Saw two blue whales. And like a million humpbacks. It's a ton of birds and seals. So I just wanted to recap that all in case anybody had that nagging question in the back of their head. <laughs> yeah, because we had mentioned it. But yes, we did follow through on that. We and did. we saw whales. And it was amazing. It was super amazing. And, uh, and you... just awesome. And we're going to talk about whales more in the next episode, which I'm super excited about. We are. I just didn't want to leave people hanging for an entire month. I wanted them to know yeah, we yeah. follow through on our promise of whale watching. <laughs> yeah. oh. I freaking love whales. I, me too. Whales are the best. They are the best. We should save them. We should save all of them. We should also cuddle them. I would love that. Okay, let's do it. Would it would be kind of hard. Okay, we're going to go cuddle some let's whales. Let's go cuddle some whales before our two-hour time limit's up. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode, which is a little more uplifting than this book, I would hope. It's going to be way more uplifting than this book. Hooray. Hooray. Please, God, save us. Oh, please. I can't take any more of this emotional turmoil. Yeah. We, let's, put this, let's put this one to bed. Let's, let's end it. Let's, let's do what Tobias tried to do and failed. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Why was suicide? That was a bad joke. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. On that note, then, uh, we'll see you in the next episode see you next. of Animorphs Anonymous. Yeah, thank you for listening.